I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Take one. Do you want anything from the shop? Cut it out. Chocolate! It doesn't say anything about a chocolate, does it? No. No, it doesn't. Sure it doesn't. So fuck off! My boy says he can eat 50 eggs, he can eat 50 eggs. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore! You're certifiable, Quint, you know that? You're certifiable! Hello, Dimitri. Listen, I, I can't hear too well. Do you suppose you could turn the music down just a little? Oh, that's much better. Hello and welcome to the last Spool podcast of the year, aka the one where we go back over all the good and bad films of 2016. I am Nigel Wheatley and I'm joined as always by Porrick McGill. Hello. Ho, ho, ho. Did you have a good 2016? Yeah, great 2016. Yeah. Everyone in the world is like, this is the worst year ever and I was like... It actually, yeah, no it's not, it's not. We both, you know, you got married, I got engaged, like yep. in, the, in the real world yeah. thing, but anyway, back to the film bit. It's it's been a funny year. I think when I think back at looking through the list, and we have a top ten that we're going to go through each individually. You'll go ten, I'll go ten, um, then nine, and so on and so forth. And we don't know. This is the great reveal. We did this last year, um, and it's a bit of fun. So I don't know what your ten is, and we shall see. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was looking back through the list, there's a remarkable pattern without giving anything away. I had three that I knew were probably my top three. After that, I had about 20 films. Very few big budget things. I think it was a terrible year blockbuster-wise. I'd say box office numbers are probably not doing great and everything, but um, I don't know. Mm. Any general comments? Yeah, it kind of felt a bit more than ever where, like, you know, when award seasons come, so very bookended by the start of the year and the end of the year, and I think this is very true. There's maybe one or two films from the middle of the year, but it was more so that they just got released here. Yeah. So that is becoming very more evident that there's good films at the start of the year and at the end and a very dry patch in the middle. Yeah, and normally a bit of light from the blockbusters, but not this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and also this list, when we look back on it on a year or in a year's time, there's so many films that are the big Oscar contenders, which we just haven't seen. Yeah. Moonlight, Moonlight Tony Erdman. Lots of these kind of things, so we can't really uh, look for that. That mm. one with Denzel Washington, uh, I can't remember. Oh, I haven't heard of this. Anyway, he's going to be nominated. Anyway, there's yeah. lots. It's an it's an irritating time of year. Um, we're not going to talk about the, those movies. Silence is out on New Year's Day. You've seen it. We're not even going to mention it. Jackie is out two weeks after that. We've both seen it. We're just not going to talk about it. Yeah. Um, so this is very much going to be limited to films that were released for the first time in 2016. Okay, Pork, let's kick off, first of all, with your biggest disappointment of the year. Before we get into number 10. It uh, has to be Neon Demon. Uh, Nicholas Winding Refn's film about modelling and, you know, it was just terrible. Showed, uh, up in, showed up in a good few people's lists, though. Yeah, I see that. And it was kind of lauded by two heavyweights of criticism in Ireland and England. Uh, just hated it, everything about it. Really boring a terrible terrible story he started writing his own films like he didn't write Drive it was based on a novel Um, it's just gone downhill since that really empty and vapid and it's kind of annoying because he could have been like well that's what it was supposed to be like because that's what modelling's like and you're like no it's not enjoyable over stylistic didn't like the music everything about it and, right. and you had high hopes though, had this high main hopes, thing being yeah. that you just uh-huh. really wanted to be good and then yeah. it fell because um, you liked Only God Forgives and you loved Drive mm, as well Drive yeah um, mine is from uh, it's kind of a weird, I was thinking I came up with two that I felt 
I thought were going to be great and just ended up being a bit average and forgettable. First one being the Hank Williams biography. I saw the like, but mainly my big disappointment of the year was Hail Caesar. Came out in March. Yeah, actually. Phenomenal high hopes and the Coen brothers let me down. Yeah. But we did get to see Han Solo uh, on screen sort of for the first time. Um, that was one of their weird industry kind of films where it's like, here's a film about the industry. And yeah. Uh, the funniest thing I heard about that film, I was listening to an interview and somebody was saying that Josh Brolin is such, looks like such a man. He makes George Clooney look like a woman. Like he's got such a chiseled jaw. And I was like, yeah, he's very like manly. He used to be an SNL, which I never realized. Who? Josh Brolin. Okay. Mm. Okay. Very good. Um, we kick off. Who wants to go first? We're into the top tens. Don't mind. Do you want to start? Um, sure. Roll with it. Number 10, The Hateful Eight. Is it a 2016 release? Yeah, it is. It you had out. to check. Yeah, I had to check. It came out. And you saw it three we got times a, in yeah, here. We got a friend of, uh, friend at Spool sent their list in good and early. They had it included and I was like, that didn't come out this year. And then it went back. It came out on the 6th of January okay. in Ireland in 2016. Um, yeah, saw it three times. Uh, I think I gave it four stars originally. And it, it, I included it. I had obviously lots of four star films, but the fact I saw it three times really cemented it. Scott saw it in 70 mil. Uh, Quentin Tarantino really liked it went with it um, great sense of uh, an event and great commentary on America I think that's becoming just ever more relevant uh, and relevant. Pre- relevant and prevalent Revenant. you're also prevalent, rev- prevalent <laughs> yeah. and revenant um, yeah, yeah. So. and we did we had a great time the IFI had a 70 mil screening of that it took a couple of months for the 70 mil print to be I guess they were ferrying it over yeah. in a boat Took a long time. Um, and I'd ha- happily watch it again. Like, if it was on tomorrow, I'd be like, yeah, I'll sit and watch it again. Very good. Um, my number 10 is a film that we also saw together. A uh, Turkish film by the name of Mustang. So, um, is it in your... It is. It's further down. All right, but I'll, yeah. I'll intro it anyway. So, yeah. um, this we saw, we had a great experience seeing this in the lighthouse, kind of in front row of screen two. Two, Which yeah. is a great seat. The multicolored best, one. Best yeah. seat in Ireland. You get all this weird legroom. Yourself, myself, and a friend of Spool, Ethna Shortall. Uh, it's a Turkish French film. It played at Cannes 2015, so it's pretty much two years old almost at this stage. Got nominated for the Oscar last year. Um, and just gives a really good insight into the realities of life in Turkey and rural kind of conservative Turkey. There's five uh, sisters and they're all, I think they're Orthodox conservatives, some sort of Orthodox uh, religion. And one of them kind of, you know, is seen by her, her uncle kind of hugging a guy on a beach. And then he's like, oh, these girls, they have to be kind of locked, locked up. And the house then turns into this almost, it's almost hilarious, like bars go up in the windows, they're trapped. And one by one, they're either married off or they try to escape and yeah so it's a film about growing up it's a film about how conservatism can kind of cripple people just really repression but yet how also the the matriarchy kind of come together there's a lovely scene where the mothers are kind of like look this we have to do and be cool about it there's a lovely scene where they're trying to watch a football game and one of the younger girls is in and because there was fighting at another football game all men have been banned so only women are allowed to go to it so they all go but then the parents realise that the kids are at it the mothers do and then have to go and knock out all the TV signals in the yeah. area so the fathers won't see them on the TV and go nuts. So there was this lovely sense of like community and we're all in this together. Yeah. And Turkey then, of course, 
it continues to have a slightly crazy situation that we don't hear too much about. It's almost a farcical thing of like uh, President Erdogan that was that coup during the summer when he went on his iPhone on FaceTime and said, just go to the airport. Don't don't worry, it'll be fine. And it seems like a hilarious situation other than it's also a horrible place to live. Mm. Um, but again, this gives you a better insight into what the rural life there is like and in a lot of these kind of communities. So. Yeah. Very good. How about number nine? Number nine for me is 13th. Uh, documentary on Netflix came out about a month or so ago. Um, loved it. Really, really good. Uh, it's about the 13th Amendment in which outlawed slavery. But it's kind of making the point that, okay, it outlawed slavery, but it kind of also brought in the fact that um, the criminalization of black people and the mass... Um, imprisonment of them and it kind of goes through that and how is that drip fed through society since it happened and all the just absolute horrendous things are going on it also is very relevant uh, there we have that word again very relevant to today because they do this lovely thing we mentioned it on another podcast where they have scenes from the 60s the civil rights movement and the audio of Trump at his different acceptance speeches so that really sticks home and it's a very important documentary and I think it was briefly in the cinema in England it got like a release but it's, it's mainly on, it's, yeah. it's there for everyone to see mm. um, so many ne- people on have, Netflix. have Netflix now so I, I really think you should go check it out yeah stop watching all the Gilmore Girls and move yes. on to some of the great documentaries they've got yeah. um, my number nine is a film I'm not sure I don't think you've seen called Pete's Dragon so uh, it came out in the summer you haven't seen it yet no still so you'll get to watch that maybe it's a great film for some 10 year olds so maybe some of your nieces yeah. you might want to I'll rent it over Christmas yeah good man Poor it just did air in apostrophes. I don't know what that means. Um, anyway, it's directed by David Lowry, who did my favorite film from 2013, Ain't Them Body Saints, which is weird. This is like, you know, a Disney happy movie about a dragon. And it just feels like it's from a different time to me. Like when I was watching, I went to see this by myself. Like I during when the Olympics were on, uh, we in work had these crazy hours because the Olympics are obviously in Brazil. So late nights. So I had all these weird mornings. So I ended up going to the cinema lots by myself and being with the weird uh, what do you call them the kind of overcoat guys who single <laughs> men or like single yeah, men you're like why night we, shift workers why don't we all talk to each other maybe we could all go for a cup of tea after this uh, but no let's let's not let's race home so it was a really weird crowd there was no children at this movie this was in August when everyone should have been on holidays but it did not seem to connect with the kid kid audiences but got positive reviews um, and critical acclaim and I think it's in some of the Irish Times top lists and state, no it was it seemed state very warm it, yeah. review and great film so Robert Redford again is you get reminded just what a lovely kind of grandfatherly kind of character he is and I was thinking back when I was watching it as well and thinking about it this morning do you remember we watched a movie Bridge to Terabithia about nine years ago which so that sort of thing of something that is meant to be a kids film but actually has a lot of relevance as sort of adults in terms yeah, of messaging yeah. uh-huh. so so definitely watch it maybe you'll hate it um, no it's I dig it yeah uh, my eight was Mustang so uh, it's kind of straight back to you for your number eight boing back to here so this is one that I suspect might be on your list and I was sort of all through the year and even when it came out I was looking at the rating um, that I gave it and I think I was like is that one of my favourites and then so it's The Revenant Um at number eight and I I also have this on my list okay so yeah. again doesn't feel like a new film I know because it's in last year's awards consideration but I was just thinking about it and there's so many images from it that are just imprinted on my brain and it deserves to be in there it's a bit low even maybe but um, 
and I feel like it's kind of carrying that uh, burden along with Spotlight. I don't have Spotlight further down my list, mm. but I feel they are the representative of the Oscar class of yeah. 2015. 2015, yeah, I have it as number five on mine. Yeah, it came out on um, January 15th yeah. as well, just... For the purists. Um, yeah, I would have loved to have seen it in the cinema a second time, um, and I'd love to kind of see it in the cinema again. It's kind of that nine thing. But yeah, as you say, like but the even looking scenes at the, yeah. kind of burnt into my mind. Even it. watching clips from it on on YouTube now and I was just going back thinking about it and the cinematography in it is mind-blowing and even that even looks good on a phone mm. like now or on a, on a TV so definitely worth seeing again hopefully he'll get some sort of re-release when his next film which I don't know what it is yeah uh, and so he won Best Director he won but Best Spotlight Director but Spotlight won Best Picture Best. wasn't that how that played out yeah and then yeah. DiCaprio finally got his Oscar for and he got it for it yeah. Film, yeah I was wondering no I won't we won't talk about that okay yeah. No, I was going to mention Silence there. I was just like, I wonder why um, no, we're not DiCaprio talking about films wasn't in from this. 2017. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah why wasn't he? Don't I, know. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it was like he decided I'm taking a break. But which part would he have played? I'd say he could have done Garfield. Andrew Garfield. But again, it's quite an intense psychological, physical role. And he's maybe like, nah, I had enough of that. I'm just off the revenant. He wouldn't be able to get skinny enough for it. Yeah. And maybe the two kind of clashed. Yeah. Maybe him and Marty are fighting. Yeah. Um, so you're, have you done eight? Your eight was Mustang. Eight was Mustang. So, do you want me to do seven? Yeah. Ten, nine, eight, seven. Yeah. Um, this is really hard, counting backwards. Yeah. <gasps> Special uh, memories of this for Spool. Uh, Nigel did the review for it and it got a poster credit in cinemas on trailers. Uh, it was very cool. First uh, first time. Yeah. I know what it is. Uh, a date for Mad Mary. Yeah. Uh, really liked it. You saw it. Did you see it at Galway? Yes. Mm. And then I got to see it on general release. A brilliant Irish film set in Drogheda. Uh, still so actually pronounced Drada Drada <laughs> over there um, yeah so it's, it's a great film won't go into too much about it because if you haven't seen it there is a, a spoiler element to it um, fantastic um, woman gets, kind of gets out of uh, juvenile detention uh, yeah I think it's just a women's prison Shauna Kerslake's character yeah. Mad Mary yeah um, kind of comes out and it's unfolded why she was there in the first place and then her like best friend is getting married so she wants to be a bridesmaid and then she needs to have a fella for it like a date and so it's kind of this comical thing but people are also a bit sketchy of her being like oh you know there's she's Mad done, Mary she's done time she's been mad she's got yeah. no dad and mm. um I was thinking as well even about her mum like I think her mum is in Red Rock and is in Dancing with the Stars next month because oh, I was like how do I know that person she's like oh she's in Red Rock and I'm like I don't watch Red Rock but yeah. I think the mother I think about her and the way the grandmother like that's a really interesting little dynamic of a house of three women like and they there's this weird relationship with men like where they're kind of they don't really trust men they they need men in a way but there's a good separation there as well so yeah and great character great development character is very funny um, so yeah I really loved it and she went Shauna Kerslake then is in the TV series Can't Cope Won't Cope which uh, can watch in box set form only on RTE player brilliant I've watched the last three episodes yeah what did you, as a show did you I, like I it? thought it was good and I, I figure it was I'd, mismarketed as kind of more of a, like a light hearted comedy it's very yeah, dark because I figured I heard how it kind of ends and where it goes and at the start I was like oh this is cool and then in my head I was just like this is a bit you know this isn't that funny like what's going on here it's more of a a drama for sure but I think that was very much intentional yeah and the woman behind it what's her name Stephanie Preisner is it hopefully she'll have more to come am I wrong on that I don't know I can't remember off the top of my head yeah she's a lady from Cork yeah it's sort of yeah okay so my number six 
Do, do, is that what we're doing? No, or my seven? You're seven. Oh, my seven. Sorry, yeah. we really can't do this counting. We should have a little checklist. Why don't yeah. we have a producer? Damn you, producer Colin. We shouldn't have let him go. Yeah. Uh, my seven is a movie called Little Men, which I think is one that you haven't seen, but uh, saw this on a Sunday evening in the lighthouse which is my my favourite environment to watch film uh, Carol and I sat uh, in cinema 3 in the lighthouse or 4 which is the one at the top of the stairs that's 4 the tiny oh, one yeah. Yeah. Possibly, it's, it's a cinema very, 3 is my or screen 3 is kind of my favourite because it's all red if yeah. you're not going for one then it's three I kind of don't like two because it's too high pitched we just talked about it for Mustang though if you get that front the row the front is good but then after that it's a bit yeah we'll, contact, we'll pass all this on to the team there um, okay. anyway Little Man is a movie from director Ira Sachs his follow up to Love is Strange which uh, it's, an, it's another film about tenancy in New York and this time there's a family who inherit um, an apartment which is above a shop and the granddad, the, the granddad had passed away but below it there was a woman running her kind of seamstress dress vintage dress kind of shop and she makes her own dresses and everything and she has a son so the two boys become friends but meanwhile there's this like horrible adult passive aggressive of well you were mates with my granddad but also you're getting away with super cheap rent and it's Brooklyn and we should be charging so much more and maybe you want to move on and it's about, it's about boys at the age of 13 when you can be best friends and know everything about the other you haven't really discovered girls or boys or any kind of there's no sexual attraction or anything going on there because you're so confused in that and then very quickly those friendships can kind of just disappear if your common interests or the scenarios that throw you together disappear so fantastic I can't I've no memory of it but I I feel like it would make a great play as well um, Okay. so so you'll find that on your various uh, rental and streaming and download sources. Yeah. Okay, number six for me is, I don't know if you've seen this actually, uh, Embrace of the Serpent. I had attempted to watch it uh, in the last couple of weeks and I haven't got to do it yeah. yet. I regret not because it's, yeah. it's evidently in your list and it's in our Spool contributor Zoe, her top 10. and. Yeah. It wasn't in the sight and sound. It didn't. I think it was for last year, year before, and there's oh, like a that thing where it was like that. It might have been their number one from last year. Not 100. percent That actually sounds very familiar. Yeah. Oh no, the assassin was their number one. Oh yeah. Which I had was one of. But my yeah, it's very much. Do you want to tell us uh, sorry. It? Yeah. So embrace the serpent. It's this like Amazonian adventure, and it kind of ties in with the Werner Herzog thing. I think with like Fitzcarraldo and indigenous people and all this kind of stuff so um, we, went, we went very Herzog themed in October yeah people want to revisit so an explorer was looking for a type of um, a tree a certain plant and because of the flower on it had like medicinal purposes and it also kind of comes from a rubber plant so they're basically looking for new sources of rubber um, so they have this uh, local um, Amazonian person who kind of guides them and takes them where they want to go and along the way they hit up these different spots but it's also at the same time like 40 or 50 years in the future to that um, where there's another person who wants to retrace the steps of this explorer and the same guide is there he's now much older but he takes him again on this same but you check into the same pockets and see what has happened over it's like a lot of people compare it to apocalypse now there's an amazing scene where they revisit a monastery and kind of um it's just it's fantastic like i don't want to say too much about mm. it to give it away um it's black and white though is it set in lovely black and white and subtitles the double whammy goes a bit 2001 god. at the end how long is it gets a bit trippy could be touching over two hours you know oh god yeah, I don't know. So, um, uh, well I sh- worth checking out. I might try it. Put it on and 
Friday evening or something instead of tubs, you know. Yeah. Well worth checking out. So that was my uh, number six. Yeah. No, it's very. I I think at this time of year it's brilliant to go through uh, everyone else's list and you're like, oh yeah, very good, very good. And there's so many names popping up across multiple ones, and I'm like, I really do need to to tune in on that. Um, you with Pete's Dragon, me with Embrace the Serpent. Very similar movies in many ways. <laughs> um, so I have Arrival is my number six. Okay. So this, uh, I don't know whether to give away further down, but this is a. Uh, the nod, the Amy Adams nod, but maybe I have Nocturnal Animals in there. These films come out within seven days of each other, and um, to me, I, pref- I, I thought about it a lot, which I preferred. I loved both of them. Nocturnal Animals stuck with me, and I loved the ending, and I know a lot of people give out about it, but are we going to talk about Nocturnal Animals at you? Uh, no. No, okay, so yeah. Nocturnal Animals is not in your list, but yeah. controversial kind of ending. It's a revenge film, one of the most bitter kind of revenge things and so much in it uh, just stuck with me uh, but I would have that I as my com- Amy Adams film over right? so you like don't have a rival in there okay no uh, okay. I would have that yeah. and I've had loads of arguments um, about a rival since a lot of people did not like it and I just I just really liked it um, Mark Cousins mm-hmm. friend of the show not at all friend of the show but um, he directed he's a documentary maker and he's a, has a column in Sight and Sound so in their best of 2016 he writes an almost creepy uh, ode to Amy Adams so I took a little quote out of it okay brilliant um, this is his column from this month so um Perhaps it's inevitable that an actor's best work will arrive in a great film, but Arrival is such a thing. Her face has never been more lantern-like, her melancholy and never better calibrated. The film's anti-bellicosity is moving at a moment when we have someone called President-elect Trump. There's a hint in Adams's walk into shot toward a large wall window to pour herself a glass of wine at what looks like dusk, that the moment is the fount of the whole film, though to say more would be a spoiler. So it's very... Uh, That's the point where you said there's a line of dialogue and you were like, no one talks like that. Mm. So anyway, it's... Yeah. yeah, but I actually... The dialogue in it, I kind of actually forgave afterwards and preferred the whole ideas and the philosophy behind it. And it came a few days after Monsieur Trump. Um, the, the whole piece is is brilliant. Just saying how she is probably, you know, one of the finest actresses and because of the work she takes on. Like, she's also been in, like, the stupid Superman movies. Like, we shouldn't... Yeah. She manages to Was kind of Was she in the Muppet balance. movie? The second one? Yeah. Mm. And she can sing and dance. She's yeah. Like, she is all around her, brilliant. And Enchanted and everything. So, I would have the fingers crossed for her, uh, for the best actress, I think, next year. But I don't okay. know. Is she going to cancel herself out with these two yeah. ones? Um, yeah, and anyway, so with Arrival, the sci-fi and the philosophy mightn't be to your taste, but it's the one big film it's the only science fiction film I have in my list and potentially you have in yours as well from the year because nothing really uh, lingered too much or maybe Pete's Dragon is the top 10 or maybe you've got something who knows uh, anyway that's it okay so my we num- talked way more about that in two months yeah, uh, so, 52 uh-huh. podcasts uh, so it's kind of going to come back to you straight away because number 5 for me was The Revenant had that as my number 5 very good mm-hmm. very good yep um, uh, so you're number 5 yeah, I hope here's one that I you won't have. But the witch? No, I didn't have that. Oh, actually. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So the witch again. I like to kind of cross. There's one kids film in there. There's a couple of foreign language things. Um, the witch is Robert Eggers' first film. It's a horror film. Um, its subtitle is The Witch: A New England Folk Tale. Um, so I have this audio that I just want to play for 20 seconds to haunt people a little bit. <laughs> Oh, my God. 
Get back! You two, stop that! Um, yeah, Black Philip, the ghost, Super Satan. Yeah. It's uh, this stuck in my head. Um, again, it's difficult when you see a film like this that everyone tells you is amazing and you love it. And I, I actually hate that because I go in and I'm like, oh, what if I don't love it? I'll be, I'll, I'll be weird. Mm. I'll make fun of me. Yeah, but it. Uh, no, it's great and it really looks head. fantastic. It has that creepy thing of like, all oh, kids are the evil people, which yeah. is always a great horror trope. And really like the ending, like it gets a bit bonkers, but I kind of sign up to stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, cool, great. No, and it knows for soon. So yeah. we like, we could talk, we could do a whole podcast, maybe we will, about the state of horror. But like most horror films now just don't do anything. And I think this is one of the few ones that's a bit more intelligent and everything because at Halloween remember we were kind of trying to work out what to watch on the Halloween thing we ended up watching Goodnight Mommy from last year and then the original Blair Witch mm. film and like they redid the Blair Witch and it's somewhat clever but it's the kind of thing you wouldn't actually enjoy watching it it's more fun to read like a listicle about the 20 most interesting things about uh, the Blair Witch film so yeah. um, anyway the witch is definitely recommended uh, well we do we might just uh, take a slight side track before we we'll launch take a break into the top the f- our final five four oh four yeah I think four four yeah you're right sorry. Um, so what I kind of thought we'd do here is not necessarily something that's in the list uh, but the most pleasant surprise something that kind of uh, has surprised you through the year whether it be a trend or a film or something that you thought was going to be and then actually surprised you, do you want uh, to- for me it was Deadpool very good yeah that yeah. was sort of in the I was reading back to reading uh, went, went to go see it and I was like Ugh, I w- was, wasn't was even really going to go see it did a big marathon uh, cinema day with Lisa one time I was like ah should we go catch this at the end um, but what I was amazed was like oh this is 18 so I was like okay it might actually be kind of cool and whatever but from the minute it started I was like oh this is brilliant it's like a just washed over you and cleansed all these crap superhero movies you'd seen over the last X number of years and you were like it's really funny it's four adults talking to the camera love the humour in it love the story and everything it was just so funny really on PC and you were just like brilliant you and know very 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 smart yeah. as well and yeah, yeah the X-Men movie this year I think the second one year, might be great at some but oh, the first one was brilliant Deadpool yeah. yeah the X-Men movie was a disappointment Star Trek was a disappointment mm. uh, Captain America was a Pants, disappointment yeah. I so. the X-Men I thought wasn't too bad I liked a bit of the, the start of it with Fassbender's uh Mm. In, but yeah. they're all they're now becoming they're just their yeah. own thing so yeah. uh, definitely my one is a slight again I make up the rules and then I instantly break them it's actually 13th the and as a trend of some of the best documentaries that are making it um, onto our screens are these American documentaries that are showing up on Netflix so 13th uh, Into the Inferno uh, 13 from Ava DuVernay Into the Inferno over in Herzog and then the Amanda Knox one from Brian McGinn and Rod Blacker so three that I saw within about six weeks there just after Halloween and you know people Netflix I think more and more you know when you look at the range of the fictional films there's so much crap there it's more like going into a petrol station and whatever the crap DVDs at the front that they're like watch this watch this yeah. whereas they seem to have this really they've nailed the documentary thing and they've really good easy to watch but also insightful sort of things mm. as features and they're giving money to directors to go and do things however they want yeah, and that's great. with 13th as you've mentioned so yeah. that's the most pleasant surprise well I had a Netflix documentary as my favourite film of the year from two years ago uh, what was that the Battered Bastards oh, of Baseball yeah. Yeah. that's correct so it's yeah 
Yeah, no, good. Oh, is that your number one? Yeah, that's my favourite film. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay, we'll now dip back in. Thank you for the diversion. Boop, boop, boop. Do you want to hit me with your number four? Number four has to be on your list. I, I could be your number one. I don't know. So you can just say if it's on your list or whatever. Uh, Patterson is my number four. Um, it's on my list. Yeah. Uh, no, really loved it. Uh, we talked so much about it kind of on last month's podcast. Jim Jarmusch film. Adam Driver's the main bus driver man. And as a quiet, uh, budding poet. Um yeah loved it took me a wee while to warm up to it at the start but then totally got sucked in and just went with it and loved it yeah um, again like you say in last month's podcast was very much an Adam Driver thing a lot of people have come back and said they hated Patterson too people whose opinions I respect and I'm like are we wrong on it but just really really clicked Um, it's there's a lot there like it's kind of a bit like a poem it's a bit like this fantasy bits in it I think Mm mm-hmm and it just really, really stuck with me. And yeah. I don't quite delighted. think it's our. Um, what was that film that we really loved and people despised that Tom McCarthy did the screenplay for? And Michael Fassbender was called like the. Oh, wasn't the, called the accountant. Like the counselor. The, the counselor. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. No, it's not quite on that level. <laughs> um, but I've yet to meet. No one. Stu saw and quite liked it. Quite liked it. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say he. In my head, he gave it a four. Okay. Maybe okay. not. So, uh, yeah, I do have it further down. Very good. Um, my number four, then. I think you've seen it. Uh, we're now into the point where it's like I was going through the directors in my top ten. I'm like, oh, I do have a trend here. Where I just I go back to my the wells of uh, reliability and everything. But uh, Julietta, the Pedro um, Almodovar yeah. film, which got relatively well regarded. It's not in the short list. It, it was in the long, long list. So Spain picked it to represent uh, them at the Oscars next year, but it's not in the final nine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so and then I read more about it and I was like right maybe I was kind of wrong and, but no I do it really really stuck with me it's, it's adapted from a series of uh, short stories from Alice Munro uh, Pedro has joined them into one story he's got two women playing the part of Julieta um, over the course of the film whose names are Emma Suarez and Adriana Ugarte and it spans about 32 years and often you see these things and, you know, we might talk about it, you know, even with like Rogue One or something where how do you show the passage of time? But this, there's little nods in it that, like in the production design and the way it's shot, you with really do feel time. Like, yeah. yeah, and mm-hmm. it's really, it's not as gaudy or as camp as he's used to. Like he's kind of, he's, it's a sort of a mellow uh, film in a way. And it's just a really, really good story. Stuck with me a lot and I really want to watch it again now when I was reading yeah, more about it yeah it. it is very good it didn't click with me quite as much but I feel it's a film maybe in like 10 years time I'll watch and be like actually that's amazing like I feel I'm somewhat a bit too young or something still to get the full benefit of it yeah and that like thing even, of, yeah. of a relationship sort of falling apart and then and then there's a very mother-daughter dynamic yeah. and everything you know and I love that classic um, abstract kind of well not at all abstract but just mysterious European ending that they just have of like but you're like, oh, but I want to know what yeah, happens. Yeah. I want to know. So that's my number four. Thanks, Pedro. Uh, number three for me, my second Irish film, uh, Sing Street. Uh, saw this ages ago in my head. Uh, I think it came out in February, maybe. Filmed outside. Yeah, filmed outside 13 Thurlistine. Don't give your number. Yeah, have a. Uh, it was the filmed around the corner. Fans would be banging on the door. Oh, no. Giving it away. Uh, yeah, so loved it. Um, John Carney's uh, latest film. Getting a bit of buzz for awards, maybe songs or films. And it got, uh, What did it get? Golden Globe for Best Musical or Comedy. Mm. And then obviously the song is in the mix. So that's 
brilliant. Like yeah, you know. so hopefully it might get an Oscar nod for best song. Uh, loved it. Really upbeat, great story, great pop songs. But a guy, a bunch of friends who form a band or become friends because of the form a band. It's like the commitments for kids, and uh, set in Sing Street uh, Secondary School, and um, really great performances. Actually. Um, didn't even mind thingy in it. What's his name? Jack Rayner. Jack Rayner was great in it. Go on, do it. No, I don't do it. I oh, don't okay, do it. right. I'm not I, to do Jack. Oh, okay. I don't take. There's another guy who does a better Jack Rayner out there. Um, um. So yeah, no, really loved it. Um, great songs in it. That was the thing. I have the sound, soundtrack. Bought the soundtrack. Very catchy and yeah, everything about it. I was just like brilliant. Really happy. Good. Fun yeah, film. it's weird. I don't know if you have more Irish films to come. No. So again, this is a funny one because we had room. And Brooklyn at the... Well, maybe Brooklyn came out in December, but certainly Room mm. is the one that kind of lingers over me a little bit, as in that really feels like a film from last year. But, yeah. um, but in my... This head, is probably the best. Yeah. We'd agree that it's the best Irish film, film yeah. of the year. And I kind of... I get very cutthroat with my top 10. I just go <laughs> stars, basically. And so, like, I only gave Room, like, four stars and I so many of them. And A Date for Mad Mary and Sing Street were is above it, that for me. Yeah. When making a top 10 list, is it just the formula of, like, everything that gets fives or four and a halves or do you reconsider them of well now in retrospect six months later I actually preferred that sometimes that I would more to me now you, but, you, you're like, with it yeah not. and then if you have a chunk where you're you might have three fours or two fours you can kind of twist them about yeah like I still know which was my favorite of the fives or whatever yeah yeah uh-huh okay what's your that's interesting so number my three? number three is I Daniel Blake Ken okay. Loach 80 year old Ken Loach uh, it's a film about poverty getting lost between the cracks of the social welfare system in Newcastle in England they don't mention you know Tories or Labour or Brexit or um, UKIP or anything like that but it does feel very much like a 2016 film of England that's sort of divided between people who are happy there and people who are blaming the stuff that goes on in London and the government's policies there for what has gone wrong with them and being failed so I don't know We've t- we, again I feel like we've talked about it a lot mm. um, as one of the, didn't rate it as highly but has one of the scenes of the year in the food bank yeah uh, that's that's heartbreaking yeah so. and I do think it's like it's one that I like I'd recommend my parents to watch this I think they'd really like it because it's funny mm. heartwarming it's a good story um, for anyone who doesn't know Daniel Blake is a carpenter he has a heart attack then he can't work but he's not sick enough to get disability and he also isn't healthy enough to be looking to be seeking a job so can't get job seekers benefit Mm -hmm. so then he the main thing being then he befriends Katie um, who's a girl sort of in her maybe mid-twenties who's been kind of knocked around by crap kind of guy she has a son and a daughter um, uh, what are their names Dylan and Daisy and then he kind of befriends them he never had children there's hints that Daniel's uh, wife maybe had mental health issues yeah Alzheimer's and, or something towards the end yeah and just maybe certain things like that so it's just a lovely he's such a great character and I'm, I was just kind of rooting for him through the whole thing and then yeah there's a couple of punches in the stomach through it but mm. uh, it's just good that Ken Loach is back considering he retired after Jimmy's Hall so that was your number that's number three we're up to two now I can two make it I, I know what your last two are I'm very confident oh, yeah. but and I'd say I can guess one but uh, uh, I, I've, I actually have paid no attention to do you think do you have an idea what my last two are I I know one of them yeah okay is it the light is that number two that's number two the light between the oceans is number two my f- uh, second okay so no. now I'm going to have to ponder what the number one is alright anyway the light Night between oceans yeah it stars uh, Michael Fassbender and Lucia Vikander um, 
absolutely loved it again Nigel pretty much hated it it was kind of funny it was a good anti and pro it's refreshing when you see things together whether it's with uh, a spouse a friend a parent whatever and you just have such different opinions I really mm. love it because it's too much of a kind of an echo chamber of people just yeah. unanimous praise for things so I yeah. really love a good disagreement um, yeah so absolutely fell in love with this said in my review uh, it's a very old fashioned romance uh, everything about it kind of set in the 40s stars Michael Fassbender who uh, once time away he's just come back from World War I uh, wants to be isolated in the lighthouse but has a relationship and then falls in love and get married but then there's a big you know they can't have children and why the hell didn't they do the screenings thing. in the lighthouse cinema I'm just thinking yeah Bunch maybe <laughs> stupid planning that was such an easy bit of did they do any kind of they should have done a, like a premiere there mm. or in a lighthouse probably you wouldn't get many people in a lighthouse an actual lighthouse no then where would you put the screen where curved. would you put the screen yeah yeah I guess you'd project it mm. into the air from the oh, lighthouse yeah. and you'd rotate it be really hard to everyone run around oh. Um, yeah so I can't really say too much more about it people would have maybe read my review I'll have a link to it really good film to like check out on a Sunday evening and watch you know on ITV too yeah that's where it's going to go you'll love it it's going to be the notebook even though it's way better than the notebook of like mm. 10 years time and again in terms of we just mentioned that thing of having your directors and writers who you love like this is from Derek Keane for instance, who did Place Beyond the Pines and Blue Valentine which are both sky high mm-hmm. in our estimation so it just did not did not click maybe when I yeah. see it again can so, I guess your number two give it a go everybody wants some no ah okay number two is Patterson ah so we've already talked about it very good okay Adam Driver uh, so yeah you loved it anyway uh, yes it's about a bus driver it's about vintage things um, yeah lots and even more I could have sworn Patterson was going to be your number one yeah okay there we go um, so have you figured out my number one no <laughs> uh, Midnight Special Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. I would have had that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so Midnight Special again, kind of raved about it at the time. Uh, Michael Shannon are kind of has to be our man of the year for Spool. Mm-hmm. And uh, to me, it's really like it's a sci-fi film, I suppose. But to, and like all sci-fi, it's really about something else. So for me, it's really kind of about mild spoiler here, but uh, whatever. It's been out since about May. February or whatever. Yeah. Um, it, to me it's about the death of a child and how parents cope with that loss and there's some scenes that I just can even think about now make me kind of feel emotional when I think about them and I can picture them in my head so it was just a really powerful film for me and loved everything about it, it stars Adam Driver as well has a lovely role in it mm. kind of harks back to Steven Spielberg films and Stranger Things the Netflix TV phenomenon of this year this came before this yeah that though didn't it uh, and the director Joel Edgerton I'm oh, sorry the director Jeff Nichols uh, is working again with uh, Joel Edgerton who uh, uh, worked it for Loving which yeah. is out next month with Ruth Negga and hopefully it's getting a lot of awardsy talk mm-hmm. I would have preferred this to get the awardsy talk yeah but I haven't seen Loving yet so so um, just absolutely loved it and yeah it's my film of the year okay yeah it wasn't in my 10 I did really really enjoy it Um, one that for some bizarre reason so I'll tell you about mine in a minute, but one that I'm amazed didn't make your 10 uh, is Hell or High Water. I know, actually. And it's not yeah. in my 10 either. Yeah. And yet that's one... Yeah. It kind of so didn't. Funny, isn't it? I think I, I went with four on that on the, on the fence or something, but uh, that is a great, nearly made it. Yeah. It's a, that's a brilliant film. Yeah. Uh, Chris, Fine, Je- Chris Fine and Jeff Bridges is in the mix for Best Supporting Actor and... Uh, 
Ben Foster, isn't that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my number one is Hell or High. No, it's, not. <laughs> <laughs> it's Everybody Wants Some yeah. by uh, director Richard Linklater. That's an also nearly made it for me as well. Yeah, so it's uh, a film about the experience of the first week of college. It's 1980. Kind of, I was trying to think back on where the world was at in 1980s. Cold War kind of cold, cooled down <laughs> or warmed, warmed up, maybe. Up. Um, Jimmy Carter probably wrapping things up. Reagan wasn't in, so there wasn't quite that sort of neo conservative right wingy thing coming through that Reagan brought in. Um, so I'm kind of there's no politics, it feels in this film. Like Vietnam's done and dusted. Um, in terms of race, like there's some white people, there's some black people, but ultimately they're all people who were just lucky enough to have made it to college some of them mm. on scholarships but there's no there's it no even grade. feels more like a 70s film than the kind of yeah, it's the tail end it could have been yeah. 79 it's interesting because there's weird mustaches still lots of hair and yeah. kind of you know but yeah. he what I liked about it so it's played by um, Blake Jenner uh, plays a guy called Jake and Blake Jenner is also in The Edge of 17 which is a great uh, teen movie which I've been recommending to people recently so it's in cinema right now mm-hmm. uh, and he plays I think he's a, he's a pitcher in baseball and he kind of he sort of mates with everyone like he, he he tries to be friends with everyone he goes to a punk gig he goes to a rock gig he goes to like a country music line dancing kind of thing and he just goes to college with this nice optimism a lot of people said it was really sexist and misogynist in terms of like women are kind of object, but it's harmlessly like objectifying them. But, just and so, like, it's just you know, it's about its, babes and stuff, and it's of its time. It's of its like, time. Yeah. Like you can't retroactively be no. You can't and, pretend and like it's a bunch of lads hanging yeah. out with each other. Yeah. Think about like what you're like with a bunch of like you know. Obviously, there's horribly sexist thing. But the, the, but it's harmless. It's just chat, so. and to yeah. me, it's more really competitive. Yeah. And like it also much blossoms into a really nice romance romance yeah. towards the end and to the second half of the film so it kind of does have that you know yeah. and again I re- like we Linklater just knows how to show time mm. on screen better than anyone like uh, so with this you know the big it, it's not got the tricks of boyhood or anything or like um, before sunrise and sunset and uh-huh. midnight and everything uh, and yet it it just shows a week and like that lovely optimism like I think back on my kind of first week of college and your eyes are just opened I met you um, but you do you may you meet your friends for life like potentially some people in this situation we don't know if the relationship he has turns into the relationship for his life but yeah. it's such a lovely time of optimism and for the year of kind of death and, and you know America the American dream being crushed by by uh, Mr. Yeah. Trump it times is times like this I really wish Hunter S. Thompson hadn't committed suicide but yeah Mm. But I think it's just a lovely kind of film and I would recommend it to anyone. And that's the film of the year. So running the algorithm, we come, we land on Patterson, I guess, being, what else do we have that was shared? Patterson. Yeah, because you didn't have a day for Mad Mary. Why do no. you hate Irish cinema? Patterson and Mustang are the only two that we kind of joined. Yeah. I also didn't have things here. I love Irish cinema. Don't mm. say that. That's tough. I wanted to get... I was it, a day from Mad Mary was going to be in there. Um, it is tough. Like, look, it's top ten, and as yeah. you say, and if I just, it had it been a top fifteen, Hell or High Water yeah. definitely would have been there. Everybody wants some from me. Yeah, and on the site we might do a little nearly made us list, depending on how we break it. So, uh, to anyone listening, if you go to spool4os.ie, you'll see lots of uh, other lists of best Irish films, the year in documentaries, our worst films will be up there. We're publishing all these in the week. Uh, that you're listening so there'll be some there now and published in the next few days and there's also a podcast about Star Wars Rogue One full of spoilers 
and all that other stuff you can revisit things and yeah. thank you for listening yeah have a happy christmas and a happy new year have a holly jolly christmas um we might finish up with a song from everybody wants some perfect yeah that sounds good so um did, 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 what did i think we might do my sharona the knack perfect yeah ding, ding, ding. so why not so again thanks for listening and we'll see you all in 2017 beginning of a beautiful friendship. Take one.